welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Menares, and I am passionate about providing a space for speaking authentic truths, growing together, and rising above the challenges of life. This week on the We Podcast, I get to have a conversation with Juliet Sakasagawa. Juliet is a certified life coach, speaker, course creator, educator, and mentor to mom entrepreneurs. She is also a mom herself. She's passionate about helping women embrace their self-worth and learn to prioritize themselves. As we all know, as mothers, that can be very difficult. Juliet loves supporting women to create joyful, fulfilling, and empowered lives that they love. I love Juliet's ability to talk candidly about challenges that women and moms face and her heart and mission to assist women in living their very best lives. So here we go. Here is my conversation with Juliet. Welcome. So exciting to have Juliet here with me today to chat with me on the We podcast. And Juliet, if you could pronounce your last name, I'm like totally stressing out about it. (laughs) That's okay. Everybody does. It's Sakasagawa. Sakasagawa. Yeah. Although I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly because it's Japanese and I don't have, I don't speak Japanese. So that's, that's a good point. How we pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I think that I don't pronounce my last name correctly either. Maneras, I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be different than how we say it. So <laughs> we do the it's, best we can, right? It's true. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I love that this Facebook, I mean, I think that having you here today is a perfect testimony to Facebook and how amazing it is with being able to connect people who are across the United States or sometimes across the world, which is so cool. And so you are in California and we connected here through Facebook, through uh, mutual friends. I kept hearing how similar we were. And so I'm like, I need to find her. I need to, (laughs) let's talk to her for a minute. It's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Okay. Yeah. So I am a mom. I have three kids. My kids are, um, well, my son will be 10 in July. I can't believe he's going to be 10. And um, then I have two daughters, a six and a half year old and a three and a half year old. And um, I am married. We've been married almost 15 years. And um, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I met my husband in high school. Um, So we've been dating. We were dating for seven years before we even got married and then um, been married almost 15 years. So I am pretty proud of that. And um, yeah, we live in San Diego. I am a former elementary school teacher, um, still have that credential. I keep it just in case, you never know. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Um, But now I am a certified life coach and also um, a mentor to new mom entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, I'm passionate about self-care. I'm passionate about working with women and helping them live an empowered life. That's basically me in a really small nutshell. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. And we're going to get to know you a lot more deeply than that. But what you're doing is absolutely wonderful. I love it. And I do think we have a lot of similarities, which is so cool when we can link arms and uh, empower each other and also empower women um, together. So I just love that I can have you here today. So why don't you, do you want to tell us a little bit more? You met your husband in high school, so your high school sweethearts. Yeah. Yes. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your background, your story, what's kind of led up to where you are today? And 
what's kind of fueled this passion that you have in your heart for helping women? Sure. Yeah. So as I said, I'm a former elementary school teacher and um, basically I feel like this part of my story starts really six and a half years ago when my first daughter was born. I, I had my son already. I worked full time with him. You know, I went back to work after I had him worked full time had my second child, my daughter, um, was on maternity leave with her, but then went back to work when she was about four months old. And at that time, going back to work after having her, everything just started to feel really different for me. Um, I think with my son, when I went back to work, I think I was, there was some relief actually about going back to work because being a brand new mom and having him, it was so overwhelming that when I went back to work, I actually found myself again in a way like, oh yeah, this is me. Um, I, you know, I'm the person who works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when I went back to work after having my daughter, things were really different and um, new responsibilities were given to me. And I just started to find myself feeling um, this need to be perfect everywhere that I was. I needed to be perfect at work because all this, I was being given new responsibilities, which was flattering, but it was also there were expectations, I think, that I was putting on myself to be perfect at work and then to be perfect at home. And now that I had two children, I was really struggling with finding balance of being able to, um, to spend time with both of them, to spend time with my husband, to be good at work, to be getting meals on the table, to keep my house mm-hmm. clean, all of these things mm-hmm. that so many yeah. um, parents and just people in general really are struggling with. Mm-hmm. And it really started to kind of eat me up. Actually, I started to um, just <laughs> kind of fall apart. I I found that that I was getting really impatient with everyone in my life. Um, I was like, yelling at my son and yelling at my husband and really losing it. And I didn't like who I was. I wasn't happy. I I was reflecting on my life and realizing that I had everything that I wanted. I had like this great husband. I had great kids. I had a great job that I used to love. Um, and this is what I wanted for my life, except that it wasn't somehow. And I was Mm -hmm. unhappy. Um, so I was really fortunate to have supportive people in my life that kind of noticed that I wasn't doing very well and brought it to my attention and, um, almost like an intervention kind of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was I, I was able to find some support with a therapist and with family and um, anyway, realized that I had completely lost myself. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know who I was. I wasn't doing anything to take care of me. I was doing all these things to take care of everybody else in my life. Hmm. And so I, I discovered the magical thing called self-care, um, hmm. which had never been anything I'd ever paid attention to before and had to deal with a lot of guilt around, you know, how can I take care of myself when I have two young children, when I have all these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So I went through a complete shift um, of mindset and of lifestyle. Uh, That time in my life, it led me to leaving my job as a teacher and deciding to stay home with my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. It just led to a complete shift in my entire life. And So that was six years ago now that that happened. But um, over the course of that time, I've gone through some shifting too. I I started a business with a skincare company, which then led me to talking to a lot of women about skincare. And that was, this was not on purpose at all. But through that process, I started talking to a lot of women who were going through really similar experiences to what I had gone mm. through. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had stories and expertise to share with them. And that led me to deciding to become a life coach. Um, and I got certified and just, mm-hmm. it just all kind of started to happen um, naturally. I did not expect to be having two businesses that I run from home. <laughs> I, I didn't expect any of this, but um, I think that I really found my purpose in, in sharing my story with other women and helping other women uh, become empowered, mm-hmm. learn to prioritize themselves. Yeah, that's huge, huge. Yes. I yes. love how life 
takes its twists and turns that we're not expecting (laughs) for sure. But sometimes those are the very best things. You're talking about being a teacher and having kids. And I'm thinking, man, being a teacher is a hard job. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, substitute taught one day at my son's school and I was so exhausted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like how do they do this every day? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's yeah, it's difficult. So you you were taking care of lots of kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, 20, 25 mm-hmm. kids, but then also every other area of your life, a huge caretaker. Mm -hmm. So I think that gets exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you said something about how lots of women struggle with that. And I totally agree with you. I think that's the ultimate woman struggle, right? Is being everything to everyone all the time. And why do you think that we think we need to be that? That's a great question. Yeah. You know, when I Six years ago, when I started seeing this therapist, she actually—I told her my whole story and what was going on with me—and she told me that women, particularly mothers of a certain age, you know, kind of basically right where I was, are like the angriest people in mm-hmm. our society. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awful!" You know, it's so sad. And it, the reason I say that is, I think it's sort of speaks to your question. It's like, maybe is it, is it just these expectations that come through in our society that women and mothers are supposed to be taking care of everybody? And there's just not a lot of emphasis. There's not a lot of teaching on that we can also be taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see that example. And I think it's carried through. I know as a child, I didn't see my mother taking care of herself or putting herself first. She was always putting us first, her children. Um, and Mm -hmm. so that's the example that was given to me. I think it's the example that's given to so many women and, um, I'm trying to break that cycle. (laughs) Yes. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. (laughs) But it creeps in too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think we we talked about this um, on our phone call with each other that it's just a constant process. Yes. And I know even last night I had a Zoom call and I had some stuff I had to do for work and I didn't go to Logan's Cub Scout meeting. My husband took him, which is supposed to be, I think, a guy thing anyways. I don't know. But the guilt that I felt mm-hmm. after they left, like, oh, I should be there. I should be in two places at once. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and because I can't be, then there's these feelings of guilt for sure. And it's something I have to continually talk myself out of and process through, but a lot of women don't have those tools to be able to recognize it and to process through it and come out of it in a different way. So, so it's huge that you're giving them those tools. So important. It doesn't mean I don't think that it's going to go away, but that we have a different way to handle it. I can see in your behind you. I love it. I'm. Uh, you have a sign that says we can do hard things. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that this was a difficult, this was a hard period for you? Was it one of the hardest? You mean six years ago when mm-hmm. I went through that change? Oh my gosh. I, I still, I sort of sometimes feel like why am I still talking about that time? But it was a really hard time in my life. And, and it was obviously hard because the people in my life noticed that I wasn't doing well. And that's, that speaks volumes, I think, because, you know, you, well, I'm pretty good at like, I'm having a hard day, but I can hide it or, you know, it's kind of internal, but it was seeping out of me that I was not doing well. Mm. And uh, I remember my best friend telling me, gosh, I don't know if I don't, I kind of feel like there's something going on with you because every day when I talk to you, you're like, oh, I'm not doing very well, you know, and she's like, that's not you. That's not Mm. like, so yeah, it it was a hard time. Um, Mm. And actually even, 
what you were just saying about feeling like you need to kind of feeling this guilt about not being everywhere at once. Certainly, even when I made that decision to leave my job, then I was home with my kids, but then I was putting a pressure on myself. Well, now I'm a stay-at-home mom. So now I need to be at every single school thing. I need to be volunteering constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it, it, doesn't, it didn't automatically make me start taking care of myself just because I left my job. Um, yeah, that's a great so point. The, I, I agree with you about having those tools to um, you, those, those hard, difficult feelings are still going to be there no matter what we do forever. Mm. I, I think, you know, we don't get rid of those difficult feelings, but it's having the tools to deal with them and to work through them more quickly so mm-hmm. that when you're having a difficult time, you kind of know what to do, how, you know, how to, how to act on it. Yeah, that's huge. And acting on it in a way that's going to be helpful and healthy rather Mm -hmm. than even more destructive. Absolutely. I did not know. I've never heard that women around that age are the angriest. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have the research on that. I don't have the data, but that's what my therapist told me. And maybe she's trying to make me feel good. I don't know. No. Um, but I believe it because I mm. see a lot. I mean, women, we have a lot of resentment. We, mm. we hold a lot of resentment. And I think that resentment comes from doing something that you're not wanting to do and you're feeling like you're being forced to do it. Mm. And mm-hmm. there comes a whole nother, that's a whole mindset thing that I talk to women about a lot that we have choices, you know, and, and the things that we're doing. Um, yeah, there are things that we need to do in our life that maybe we don't really have a choice about, like, you know, the dishes have to get done, the laundry has to get done, but we have choices about when we do it. And we have choices about our attitude when we're doing those things. And, and we're, we're not forced truly to do much in this life. We have choices about what we do. So Mm -hmm. we can let go of that resentment, um, which is a whole, that's a whole process I had to, I was a very resentful and angry person. I really Mm -hmm. was. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what do you think fueled that anger and resentment? I mean, was there stuff from earlier in your life that was kind of a foundation for that? Was there, uh, your own expectations? Like what, what do you think was the foundational fuel for that? Yeah. You ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think perfectionism um, be, you know, like I was saying before, just feeling a lot of it was self-imposed, but it, that must've come from somewhere that self-imposed pressure, but this pressure to be a certain way to be perfect for everyone. Um, I mean, I had that really bad and I, I just wanted like, like I wanted to be living like a fifties TV show or something. When my husband got mm-hmm. home from work, I wanted to have dinner ready and the house clean. And I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, I I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, that's ridiculous. I mean, really, I think it's ridiculous. And especially I don't have a husband who expects those things. I mean, he'd actually prefer dinner wasn't ready right away. Cause I think he likes to get home and have a minute, you know, before it's like, sit down and eat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know where, but I do think that that need to be perfect was just, and then, but not doing anything for me was really making me angry. And I didn't know that I was so angry about it, um, until mm-hmm. I started to examine that. And I still get angry about it. I still, for sure, you know, but like we were saying, it's having those tools and also the realization, like when I start to feel angry, I can stop and ask myself, like, what's going on right now? Why are you angry? You know? mm-hmm. And I look at, I reflect and look at myself instead of just letting the fire come out. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I still, my trigger for being angry or becoming angry is when I feel like I'm not being appreciated. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that gets me more than anything else for sure. Uh, because I think too, and I love how you speak directly to moms also, because I do think it's a unique time in your life where 
it's very self-sacrificial, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a very thankless job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our kids do not say, oh, mom, thank you so much for giving everything up. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they don't, they shouldn't necessarily, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's difficult when you do feel like you're going a million miles an hour and doing all of these things and you're not getting the thank you or the appreciation or those things. And so mm-hmm. that's something for me, I've definitely had to, just like you just said, find a different way to respond to it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, for and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something that my husband and I have talked about quite a few times is that we chose to have our children, you know, they, they're here because of us (laughs) We're there, you know, we're not here because of them, I guess. And, um, so I, I absolutely, I agree with you. I also, I get so resentful when I don't get thank yous and I don't get that appreciation, but then I kind of have to look at it from a different way. Like Mm. the thank you that I'm getting is getting to watch them thrive and, grow because I'm taking care of them. And it's not that easy. I mean, it is, it is a thankless job. (laughs) It is for sure. Um, But when I try to just change my mindset a little bit about it and think, you know, my job as their mother is to be there for them and Mm -hmm. to raise them so that then hopefully they're going to, I guess, sort of pay it forward eventually too someday when they have children. Um, Right. However, that's where I'm trying to, to break this cycle that I think we live in this society, but I'm trying to show them that parents need to take care of themselves too. Mm -hmm. And that it's okay for mom or dad to take time for themselves, to take care of themselves. Because then when we do, we show up for our kids so much better. And it's not my job to be there for my children every single second. It is okay for me to say, hold on, I need five minutes. I'll be back in five minutes, you know, or I'll answer your question in a minute when I'm done doing this thing. Um, That is Mm -hmm. okay to do. And I want them to know that. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So huge. Yeah. Creating a legacy of self-care and modeling that for the future generations. I mean, that's what you're doing right now. (laughs) Yes. 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 And the other piece of that I think is relying on our kids or relying on our husbands for that um, edification or for that uh, reassurance that we are doing a lot or, you know, validation. That's the word I'm trying to think of. Um, I think women don't realize how much pressure that actually puts on them. Mm-hmm. That's really unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And so you get into this unhealthy dynamic of depending on other people for your own worth and value and validation and all of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. I mean, I know I do that. I know I'm guilty of, of needing outward validation to make me feel good. And that is something that I also work with women on a lot is, is having self-worth and self-love and knowing that we're good enough and to have that, the inner validation, I guess. We yeah. don't need the validation from that. And of course it feels good to have, it feels, it's, feels good though to have authentic validation. I think when you're, um, when you're, I don't know what the right word is, but if we have to, you know, tell people, thank me for that. That's not, that's not the same as just sometimes when you actually get it out of nowhere, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think letting go of the fact too, that you're never going to get it (laughs) with your children to some extent. I mean, you might get it here and there, but I feel like parents need to let that go Mm -hmm. until Well, because I know I didn't value my parents and what they were doing for me until I had my own child. Mm -hmm. And then everything changed. Like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
it is. It's so hard. It's a, it's such a hard job and, and it's thankless, like you said. And yeah, it's, um, it's hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it's beautiful and amazing and wonderful and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we talk about the hard stuff enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another thing that women face is like that period that you went through, be quiet about it. Don't tell anybody. If you tell anybody you're resentful or angry or Mm -hmm. falling apart, then it means you're a bad mom or whatever. Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) As right, right. When I was, um, when I was going through that time and I'd kind of gotten to the point where I was getting help and I was starting to come through it, I decided that it was my mission at that time to, to share my story because I wanted other moms to know that it was okay to have that. Because I think we all, we all have that at times. Maybe you have, I mean, I had, I have a story about where I was on the floor in tears, like in a ball because I was so unhappy and maybe we don't all have that situation and maybe some of us have worse than that. And all the stories on that spectrum are stories to be shared because when we hear that that's okay and that happens to all of us, we know that we're normal and we're not alone and that's where community is so important. Um, but I, at that time I decided I was going to, I started a blog, which I think I wrote like three blog posts. Like uh-huh. it, just, it did not happen. <laughs> Um, but I wrote one of the first ones I wrote was I was telling my story and how, what had happened to me. And, um, because most people in my life didn't know that I'd kind of, I left my job. They knew I left my job, but they didn't know why. And they didn't know I'd really gone through this breakdown. And I had quite a few people reach out to me and say, Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I didn't know you, like, you seem like you have it all together. You seem Mm. so perfect. I'm like, believe me, I'm not. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we we look at other people and we think they've got it all together. We think they're perfect. We think they're handling everything. And so then it mm-hmm. feels like it's not okay if we're not, if we're not handling it. Yeah. And um, I want people to know that it's okay if you're not handling it. Yes. There's yeah. support and help. And, and it's, it's pretty normal to have a breakdown when you're, yeah. when you're in that situation. Totally. Yeah. So I want to hear the story of you being in a ball on the floor. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, that was, that was the day that I decided I needed to get some help because, um, like I mentioned, I had my three-year-old son, I had my baby, it was a weekend and my mom was visiting from out of town and we were having breakfast, um, in the kitchen and my son who's three years old was three years old at the time spilled his bowl of cereal on the floor. And so there was like milk and cereal on the floor, which is not a big deal. If you have a three-year-old, that's like a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And I lost it. I was like screaming at him, like, how could you do this? Why did you spill your your cereal? And now there's a big mess. And as these words are coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're like the worst mother in the entire world. You're yelling at your three-year-old and he's Mm. staring back at me, you know, like with these big teary eyes. And I just felt like the worst person ever and literally collapsed on the floor, bawling in a ball. And my mom and my husband are there. um, And they're like, wow, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. there is something not right going on here. Um, and we all knew it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a secret at that point. So that was pretty much my breaking point and my day of realizing this is not me. I'm not happy. Um, Mm -hmm. if I'm flipping out over literally over spilt milk, um, you know, there's something not quite right with this situation. So Mm -hmm. that's my, that's my spilt milk story. Uh, (laughs) And, and I just want to say that if, that it's, it's like, we, it is normal, I think, to get overly upset or emotional about things sometimes. Just because that happens doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, that, if somebody listening, you know, is experiencing something like that. But I think that for me, everything leading up to that point, I knew I was not okay. So that was like the nail in the coffin, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
for me. And I think for each individual person, like just kind of knowing what, what's your norm, you know, are you typically a pretty happy person, which I was and, um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of know when you're there and when it's like, I need some outside support. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you don't have to get to that point where I was. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even getting that support before you're to that breaking point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a reason that I hadn't, I hadn't is because I felt like I didn't have time. I felt like I'm so busy. When am I going to go and see a therapist? Give me a break. And even <laughs> the day that I called um, the therapist that ended up seeing, she was speaking to me on the phone and saying, you know, well, when would you like to come in for an appointment? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have time to come in for an appointment. And that was a huge realization for me because she said, you, you don't have an hour in your day when you can make time to come in and see me. And I was like, well, but I have to be here. I have to be there. I have to be doing this. And that was like the first light bulb, like, oh my gosh, I'm not even able to put myself first. I'm suffering and I can't mm. get myself to see this person. Yeah. So that was a big deal too, even just making that phone call and making that appointment. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the hardest part I think for people is to mm-hmm. that initial reach out the yep. very first, and then it gets easier after that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's huge. And as a therapist, I hear that all the time. I don't mm-hmm. have time. Um, which as we both know, it just, well, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a pleasant way to put this. <laughs> uh-huh. It just means that things are going to continue to unravel and continue to get worse until you do make that decision of, I am going to commit to myself and healing and moving forward and pouring into me mm-hmm. instead of the entire world around me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's huge. Now your daughter was how old at this time? Uh, my first daughter. So when I. So um, your spilt milk. Uh, the spilt milk was, gosh, she would have been just, a, it was right after I went back to work. So Five, four or five months, something like that. Okay. Um, and then when I quit working, I think she was nine months old when I, when I left my teaching job. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And then since then, I've had a, another daughter who is now three and a half. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So do you think it had anything to do with postpartum? Well, so, so the, another aspect of this story, which, um, which I haven't shared yet, is, I mean, I've shared it in other places, but not today, is that it turns out that I actually, so I got medical um, help as well. And it turned out that I actually was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, with Graves' disease. And so that was also playing a huge part in what was going on with me. And to answer your question about postpartum, no, I think that the the pregnancy um, brought on the Graves' disease but there's um, different types that you can have postpartum hyperthyroidism and then you can have where it's um, like forever, like Graves' disease. And because I was a certain amount of time past having my daughter, um, it was determined that it was not postpartum, but it could have been brought on by the pregnancy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, but I was diagnosed with that and then have, and have been dealing with that ever since as well. But what I think is that it was such a blessing that I, that I went through this whole thing that I went through because I don't know that I would have sought medical help um, and I wouldn't have been diagnosed. And the diagnosis was actually helpful to me because then I was able to get help for that also. And yeah. so there was kind of two things going on at once that were probably affecting each other. Hmm. Um, but yes, so I was diagnosed with that at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's a huge testimony to making sure you're diving into all areas of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's something, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not, um, I'm not a therapist. I'm a, I'm a life coach. But when I talk to clients, if they're having like severe 
symptoms. I mean, I was having symptoms from the hyperthyroidism as well. And I, now I'm very aware of thyroid issues and um, mm-hmm. that can play in a lot too, you know, it, to depression, to anxiety, to weight loss or weight gain, that kind of thing. So I always recommend that people get checked out by a medical doctor as well. Cause yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, when I see people and that's one of the very first things that we do is rule out, could this be anything physical? And that that's the first thing, mm-hmm. first area we really need to look at. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thyroid, man, yeah, it can wreak havoc. My daughter had a golf ball sized tumor on her thyroid. Um, She was only 15. Wow. So those darn thyroids. (laughs) Yes. The thyroid is responsible for a lot. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it's out of whack, it can really mess with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Yes. So your tagline, is it health and wellness? Um, my business life and, um, my Sorry, business. just totally shifted. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> my business name is Juliet Sack Life and Wellness. Life and Wellness. Uh, okay. Yeah, life and wellness, like life mm-hmm. coaching and wellness coaching. And, but what I say that I do is um, help women Uh, live a joyful, fulfilling, and empowered life. Yes, that's awesome. It it makes sense to me now. Well, the wellness piece, because I knew you were a certified life coach, Mm -hmm. and then the wellness piece now, this is kind of all coming together Mm -hmm. for me. Um, It makes lots of sense. Yeah. 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 And I I really see the self-care piece as being um, wellness. I think self-care comes in so many different forms and it's mm-hmm. personal to each individual person. Um, but to me, wellness is like, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a, a personal um, fitness coach or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's like the big picture of wellness, like mental wellness, um, physical wellness, mm-hmm. emotional wellness. Um, it's all It's all part of the puzzle. Yes, totally. I totally agree. I, mm-hmm. I usually talk about the seven areas of ourselves and how each one of those areas needs to be poured into for mm-hmm. sure and paid attention to. And a lot of times I think we pay attention to one area really well, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe two, mm-hmm. but then kind of forget about all the other pieces like your health and or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Finding that balance. So let's talk a little bit more about, because I know you do business coaching too. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I I call it more like mentoring. Um, okay. Because I'm not... So I don't see myself as an expert or like as a, it's funny because I don't see myself as a business person. I, um, you know, I have two businesses, uh-huh. <laughs> and, but they came to me so out of the, the blue and, and I, it wasn't really my intention. Like I said at the beginning to, to run two businesses on my own from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I know is that now I have this experience of being a mom and being an entrepreneur and balancing it. And I love to help. I, I do get women who are entrepreneurs who contact me, who just kind of want help and mentoring with starting their business. And I love doing that because I have that experience and I'm pretty strong with social media. And I, I know the ins and outs of like Instagram and Facebook and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so just, just kind of help with stuff like that. And, but it really feeds in a lot to life coaching too, because a lot of times the things that are holding people back from moving forward with their business are things, you know, that are around in their life. Yeah. <laughs> like like totally. fear or, you yes. know, confidence, things like that. And, yeah. um, and so I just, I love helping women who are starting a business. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so true. So mm-hmm. many people are trying, trying, trying to start this business, but their foundation is completely um, not laid. And so it's very hard to be successful in business when 
your own self and your relationships and all of those other things aren't in place or aren't stable. So I love that. It seems like we have like a generation of women right now who are trying to find this work-life balance Mm -hmm. and creating jobs where they can be home with their kids and still make money, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is awesome. I love it. It's what I'm doing too. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's, it's so cool that we have the freedom to be able to do this and that this is a, a thing, right? And I think it brings kind of another set of difficulties or things that we do have to work harder on balancing because you said in the very beginning, when you went back to work with your son, it was like, okay, this is who I am. This is where I belong. You get a little bit of a break, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but for you, you went and took care of 25 other kids. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, to have that separation sometimes is nice. So what do you think about that? What do you think are the unique challenges that mom entrepreneurs face? Well, it's, it's a whole nother set of um, like shoulds and pressure that you're put because now, so, I mean, there's so many amazing things about it. And I really try to focus on that, which is that I have flexibility to be able to go to my kid's school and volunteer, go to my kid's school for performances, things like that, pick them up after school. However, all those things that I just said are a challenge too. Because I don't have, uh, I have to set my own schedule and I have to set my own boundaries. And mm-hmm. it's very easy for <clears throat> those boundaries to be crossed. You know, if, if somebody says to me, oh, can you volunteer at school at this time? I have to be very strong and say, oh, no, I can't. That's my work time, you know, or yes. even if I don't even say that to them, but I can just say, no, I'm busy. But it, it's, it's hard to do that because it's a lot easier to be like, well, my business isn't really important or that's not, that's just something I set for myself. So, you know, yeah, I can go and volunteer. I can mm-hmm. do this other thing. So as mom entrepreneurs, we're, ba- we're still balancing a ton of stuff and we have to be really strict with ourselves, um, with our own schedules and, and how we uh, manage our time and our boundaries. So yeah, it, it brings a whole nother level of, of challenge. And I remember when I was working full time and which is hugely challenging, <laughs> it's hugely <laughs> challenging to be a mom and be working full time. Yeah. Um, but I remember that on my way home or on my way to pick up my kids from daycare, maybe I would stop at the store and I would go grocery shopping without my kids. So I'd have that time cause they'd be at daycare. Right mm-hmm. now I don't have that, um, that window of time between leaving work. And I mean, I have to leave my house. I have to set that time aside to leave my house and stop working, go to the store before I pick up my kids if I want to do that without kids. You know, so it's just all, it's all on us. It's, we're setting all of those rules, boundaries, which is like great and hard. It's it's both at the same time. Totally. Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) It is so difficult when someone's like, let's go to lunch or let's do Mm -hmm. this or let's do it. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Because I think people think you're home. You're not working. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Even my family, sometimes you're Mm -hmm. here. What then, um, your attention should totally be on us because you are home. So, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You're available. It's like, well, technically I could be available, but I've set that as my work time. And if I don't keep my work time, my work isn't going to happen. This business won't happen. Yes, totally. Those boundaries are huge. mm -hmm. Such a good point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is another area that I feel like women in general struggle with. Yep. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Boundaries are a huge one. And that's another thing that I teach on is, is creating and maintaining healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the questions I get the most. Mm-hmm. 
uh, how do I set boundaries in relationships or what do I do if somebody's not supporting me or um, really along those lines and it all comes back to those boundaries. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you read the book, The Disease to Please? Ooh, no, I haven't. It's an amazing book. And that was one of the first books that my therapist recommended to me when I started seeing her. And now I've, I've probably read it or at least read parts of it about once a year, I would say I pull it back out. Uh-huh. I, think, Ooh, I don't have write it right this here. down. Yeah. The Disease to Please by Harriet Breaker, I think is um, the author. And um, it's an amazing, amazing book for people pleasers, which I think people pleasing and boundaries are directly related to each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I'd never heard of what, I didn't know what a people pleaser was um, when my therapist introduced me to that book. And I mean, it sounds like a good thing. Like, why wouldn't you want to be a people pleaser? Like, <laughs> people is a nice thing to do, right? But no, it, it's really, it's a disease. And, um, and uh, yeah, so that book helped me so much to anyone out there who might be a people pleaser. And you can determine if you're a people pleaser because there's a quiz at the beginning of the book and she takes you through like kind of what type of people pleaser you are and what your kind of weakness is with, with that. Um, so it's a great book. Wow. That sounds amazing. Thank yeah. you for that. I, yeah. I there is a, a book I read a long time ago. It was called anxious to please. Mm-hmm. Um, so along those same lines, but thinking of people pleasing as a disease is a whole nother like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, this will be my next audible for sure. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. I'll have to let you know when I'm yeah. listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you do talk about, you said uh, boundaries is one of the things that you talk about and you mm-hmm. have um, a course. And in that course you talk about, it's called pillars of empowerment. Is that correct? Yeah. It's called pillars of empowerment. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's a brand new course that I just started teaching. Um, well I'm teaching it live right now and we just finished the third week of it, but I'm also creating it as an independent study course. And that's going to be coming out end of May is my goal that the Mm -hmm. independent study course will be available. And it's a course that I, I wrote based on my experiences over the past six years and the work that I've done with, um, with my therapist. I keep talking about her, but also now I've worked with several coaches and I have uh, went through a certification program and, mm-hmm. and just so my own life experience based, and then also combined with um, research and um, not my own research, but I mean, like I've <laughs> read research. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a course on that. And I, I teach on my five pillars of empowerment. Five. So the okay. five things that I believe will lead you to empowerment. Um, and yeah, and he- creating and maintaining healthy boundaries is uh, pillar four. Awesome. So, we, would yeah. you be open to telling us your other pillars that you kind of dive into? Sure. Yeah. The first one is uh, vision. So creating a compelling and clear vision for yourself. Mm, uh, which is so huge because I, I mean, I talk to women all the time. They don't even know what their favorite color is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't take the time to think about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I love that vision. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just, here's a, something about vision. Cause I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, but here's, so a vision, when you have a vision, it's knowing what it is that you want for yourself and maybe for your life, maybe for your business. Maybe it's like a vision for tomorrow and maybe it's a vision for 10 years from now. So that varies. But I have a client, um, who deals a lot with anxiety and, um, we were talking recently about why vision is important and it, and for her having a strong vision of what it is that she wants helps her get through those in, those times of anxiety because her anxiety really wants to hold her back from what she wants. But mm-hmm. when she knows that she is trying to get to that vision, it's so motivating for her to get through that hurdle of her anxiety because she wants to get to her vision. Yes. And that, that's why vision is important. Um, yeah, it helps us get through our, our hurdles and moves us, moves us along. 
Yeah. Broadens the perspective for yes. sure. Because anxiety is so, I mean, I struggled with anxiety for ever. It still creeps up every now and then, but a huge changing point for me with anxiety was realizing how self-focused it is mm -hmm. um, and how it's so everything's about you mm -hmm. and, and not other people, which we think it's about other people. Mm -hmm. uh, but that vision piece would definitely broaden that perspective for you mm -hmm. to see the bigger picture and see outside of just looking at yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and then pillar number two is what I call the three P's and that's um, purpose, passions, and priorities and uh, learning to live according to all three of those. Um, nice. Number three is self-care, my favorite. Yay. Um, <laughs> and then pillar four is healthy boundaries and pillar five is time management and um, specifically having empowered time management where we're feeling like we are in control of our schedule and our schedule is not in control of us. So, wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yes. I like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All yeah. such important pieces. Yeah. Yes. To really building that strong, strong foundation. Mm -hmm. It's, that's, oh, yeah. I want to take it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Too. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, we have a mutual client who was saying that because she's currently taking your course and my course mm -hmm. and um, saying how similar that they are, which is so great. I just love that. I love just kindred hearts for sure. But Absolutely. that so many women are getting this message and that's the goal, I think, for sure. So we can change this epidemic disease since we're on the disease uh, path <laughs> <laughs> of women not taking care of themselves and people pleasing and the perfectionism and all of those things that you've talked so openly and um, transparently about today. So I thank you for, for that and for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for inviting women to talk about it. Yeah, I love it. I do agree. There's so much power in knowing you're not alone. And mm -hmm. so especially, man, when it comes to this mom stuff, it's hard for people to admit I lost it. I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But we've got to. I think we've all been there for mm -hmm. sure. So as we kind of wrap up, I would love to hear a few more things from you. First of all, my kind of questions that I get to ask all of my guests. And the first one is, what do you think has been the most vital to your growth? Yeah, honestly, I think coaching. I been working with coaches myself and I think the power of coaching is really strong mm -hmm. and if it weren't for the coaches that I've been working with for the past now year and a half I don't think I'd be where I am and mm -hmm. I mean, what coaching does is coaching brings out whatever is inside of you I think so it's so I guess it's me but with that coaching um, I've had mindset shifts and um, just so much more drive and motivation. I don't, I don't think I would have had without that. Hmm. Yeah. That's a yeah. great point. That accountability piece too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. That it provides for sure. Mm -hmm. It is so, it's so powerful. I mean, I definitely, obviously I believe in coaching and counseling mm -hmm. and all of these different areas of opportunities for people to journey with us, to link arms and help us to see things that we can't necessarily see by ourselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. I've had ahas in coaching that it's like, wow, I, like I don't think I ever would have thought of that without somebody else's mind kind of coming together with mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the next one is what do you want to make sure that people know from here on out? Yeah. I feel like I'm a broken record with this one, um, but self-care is not selfish. It is necessary. And, and the truth is, is that I think 
not taking care of ourselves is actually the selfish part. <laughs> mm. Because I just believe with 100% of my being that when we take care of ourselves, we can show up better for everybody else that we're trying to be there for. And we don't, we don't realize that until we start taking care of ourselves and we see it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just speak a little bit more on why you think it's selfish to not do self-care? Yeah. So, so because from my own experience and then from also what I've seen with other, with other women that when we're not taking care of ourselves, we're still trying to put ourselves out there for everybody else, but we're not doing a very good job, you know? And that was me. I was, I was trying to take care of everybody else and be perfect for everybody else, but I was really stinking at it. And, and so that's not, that's not thinking about the other people, right? It's not really putting your best forward. So you're actually be able to give yourself so much more to others when you put yourself first mm. some of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we're not grumpy mamas and right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Bitter right. and angry and all those things that we talked about earlier. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, I know, Julia, that people are going to want to connect with you for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I really encourage people to take a look at what you're doing and your course, and it just sounds absolutely amazing. So tell us a little bit about how people can find you. I will have some links for them in the show notes uh, mm-hmm. as well, but we'd love to hear from you, uh, where you're at, where you're headed, what, what are you doing? How can people connect with you? Um, well, so I do have, I have a face, all right, well, I have a website and that's, um, www.julietsack.com. And, but I have a free Facebook group that's really all about self-care and self-care motivation, self-care inspiration. Um, it's called Take Care of You. And you can search for that on, on Facebook. But I think mm-hmm. I also gave you the link to it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, I have a membership community also called Success with Support. And those women in there are working on all the things we've been talking about during this conversation today. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And so they, they have um, daily access to me through that membership community also. Cool. Um, and that's on Facebook also? Um, the community is on Facebook, but it's not searchable um, because yeah. it's a, a paid membership. But it's called Success with Support. And there's more information on that on my website. Okay. Um, at julietsack.com slash success with support. Awesome. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Cool. And so your course moving forward, you are moving into it being self-led. Yes, I am. Yeah. And that's going to be, I'm working on it right now. I'm putting it together. I'm hoping that it will be available by the end of May. So keep an eye out for that. Yes, we yeah. will for sure. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your heart, for sharing your story and for being brave and for lifting up women the way that you are. I just appreciate you so very much. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thanks for Mm -hmm. having me. All right. Wasn't that just awesome? I love when we can come together as women and be real and authentic and raise one another up. Juliet is doing such beautiful work with women and I just appreciate her ability to share her story with us and where she has been. I really encourage you to seek her out and connect with her. Also, don't forget To check out our sponsor for today's show, Eliza Quinn Creates. Eliza Quinn Creates is changing the way that we wear earrings. I can tell you that these earrings are amazing. They're stylish. They're lightweight. They're my very, very favorite. So for the We Podcast listeners only, if you mention the code TOGETHERWERISE, you will receive 15% off your entire order. So check out Eliza. Isaac Quinn creates. All right. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow like crazy, rise above, and always know that you are not on this journey alone.